This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is... Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Tool. Back again with you guys for another show, for another episode of our Raw Reaction series and specifically the Arsenal Transfer Show. Good morning to everybody that's joining me in the chat box. So good to see so many of you as always uh, as we continue to talk about Arsenal's transfer possibilities ahead of the upcoming January window. Should the season get there? Because, of course, there is a lot of chaos going on at the moment. Um, You've probably seen reports breaking yesterday evening through till this morning uh, about outbreaks of the virus at a number of uh, teams, uh, which is obviously uh, a little bit of a concern uh, because whether how you feel about the, the situation, no matter where you see it from a personal point of view, the reality is is that these outbreaks uh, at these clubs could threaten to uh, have an impact on the festive fixture period. Arsenal uh, are going into play West Ham, who at the moment there is no news from Arsenal or West Ham of any issues on their ends. Um, but then they obviously go and play Leeds uh, and then we have to go uh, ahead and play Norwich, which Norwich, of course, played recently against Manchester United, who themselves have now experienced an outbreak. So there is a possibility that we could uh, find ourselves involved in this. And there's the possibility that always Arsenal could uh, be affected too. But fingers crossed uh, things uh, don't go down that path and that we see plenty of football over this festive period. But I would encourage you to continue uh, to stay, you know, up to date and uh, in the know about as much of this as what's going on as possible. Good morning to Kaiser. Good morning to Matt, whose birthday it is today. Matt, happy birthday, everybody in the chat box. You know the drill. Throw Matt your best wishes. Hope you have a fantastic day, mate, and uh, and enjoy it. Uh, and I hope you're not a Lewis Hamilton fan, otherwise you wouldn't have had the best birthdays Eve yesterday. Massive congratulations to Max Verstappen, of course. Uh, commiserations to who I believed is a big Arsenal fan, Lewis Hamilton. Um, less said about the, that, the better, probably. I mean, I'm not the wildest of F1 fans, but I mean, even I 
um, can see that maybe it wasn't the <laughs> the most fair of results from the sounds of things. Uh, good morning to Carl. Good morning to Paul. Uh, good morning to Mike, Liam, Stevie, James, uh, Footy India as well. Uh, we've got Colin. We've got Jose. Uh, we've got Mr. Ginger Guna. We've got Gustavo, Rich. We've got Temi, uh, Lou. Uh, we've got AV, Nick. Good morning to everybody. Sorry, I can't say hi to all of you. There's so many of you tuning in already over 100. Can you please drop a like on today's video if you haven't done so already? And we will be continuing to go through your comments and questions at the end of the news. But as always, please do go over and subscribe to the Arsenal Way. Link is in the description. They will be doing the Arsenal Agenda show at 9.30 this morning. You'll have breakdowns of the game, of course, against Southampton. And we'll be looking ahead to the fixtures on Wednesday and then ahead into the busy festive period as well. Let's crack on though with our first story and say a massive congratulations to the women's team who got things back on track, thank goodness, after two back-to-back defeats against Chelsea and Barcelona. It was their turn to hit a fair few goals against Leicester and it was important because as Chelsea lost uh, in their kind of weekend game, which allowed Arsenal to open up a bit of a gap at the top of the league. Thank goodness we got a a big, big win. And uh, yeah, really good win for the girls. So happy to see that. And speaking of Arsenal sides winning, coming from behind, the Arsenal under-23s got things back on track as well, winning 3-2 at Southampton, following Balogun getting another goal. Mika Beereth coming off the bench to score in the 80th minute. Joel Idaho as well, who we signed from Ajax in 2020, uh, is a very young player. He's been mainly playing with the under-18s. He's got a few appearances with the under-23s. He got a goal and an assist uh, for the youth side. An interesting Dutch winger that I'm looking forward to seeing a lot more of. And whilst, of course, the likes of Amari Hutchinson have been uh, have been playing for the under-18s in the uh, in the youth cup. Idaho was brought in alongside Kido taylor Hart, and by all accounts, they did very well. And uh, Idaho in particular uh, left quite an impact on the team. One to watch for the future and a good win as the under-23s chase back their title challenge after losing grip on top spot. We go into the first story of the day and we start with Nicolas Pepper, who supposedly has three clubs interested in a possible January loan. Everton, Newcastle and Crystal Palace are the three sides that are said to be interested in the Ivorian winger. Uh, He would be going off to the African Cup of Nations, but would be available from the start of February. He doesn't actually start all that much for the Ivory Coast at the moment. You've got uh, Maxwell Cornet, of course, and even Max Gradle, of all people, getting uh, some starts ahead of Pepe at the moment. Uh, which is obviously a little bit of a concern for him. He'll be hoping to get into the Ivorian national side for the tournament, but faces plenty of competition, as he does at Arsenal, which has obviously led to these reports suggesting he could leave the club uh, at the end of this year. Uh, Alone seems like the most likely destination if he is to move on in January, mainly because of his big wages and the figure that Arsenal would command for a permanent deal. Also, by seeing him on loan, they could arguably raise his stock if they wanted to move him on in the summer. It makes a lot of sense. The only issue is that it would leave Arsenal a bit shorter in those wide positions. We would be left with no other natural right winger. Odegaard can play on the right. Martinelli can play on the right. Of course, we have Saka that starts there on the right-hand side, but we wouldn't necessarily have an out-and-out right-sided player. Is that an indication that these links, the likes of Dejan Kulusevski, 
could be very much the case and they'll be looking to bring the Swedish international in in this January. We'll have to wait and see. But there does seem to be a little bit of a connection between those stories. But ultimately, William Saliba has been talking out about his future or rather refusing to speak out about his future. He says, I prefer not to speak about my future, but I'm very good here at Marseille. He said this when asked whether he could see himself playing at Marseille beyond just this season. He says, I don't regret my decision. I have been very happy since day one. I have one year here and I'm going to give it my all. Very definitive in regards to talking about the length of time that he is going to be at Marseille, which is a positive sign. I wrote a piece uh, yesterday, I think it came out yesterday, talking about how Saliba played in a new role, played in a kind of a sweeper position for Marseille in the Europa League fixture last week uh, and seeing him play kind of both as a left centre-back and also when Marseille's structure changed to the 3-3-3-1 that they've been using, he played in the middle of that Mac 3 as court, kind of a bit of a sweeper, which did open up the opportunity to discuss whether or not he would play that role for Arsenal in a back three with Gabriel and Ben White either side of him or Kieran Tierney on the left, of course, too. The fact he can play across that back three, he can play at either side of a back four of the two centre-back roles. And he's actually played at right back once for Marseille as well. If you ever wanted any more versatility from Saliba, he needs to be brought back next season. He needs to be integrated into the team without a shadow of a doubt. And fingers crossed that is the case. And lastly, to finish off the news, not whole swathes of news for us to discuss today. But certainly uh, an interesting story to finish things off before we go into your questions at the end of the show. Dusan Vlaovic, uh, Fabrizio Romano has been speaking on his Here We Go podcast in which he said it's true that Arsenal have an interest in Dusan Vlaovic. But at the same time, we have a lot of reports in the Italian newspapers that Arsenal are prepared to sign Vlaovic in January. At the moment, there's not even a negotiation. The power of Vlaovic in this negotiation is huge. He's out of contract in June 2023. He scored 30 goals in 40 Serie A games in 2021. It's incredible. He's very special but he wants to decide his own future. He doesn't want to open talks with Arsenal. This is why it's going to be more than complicated at the moment. He has no interest in joining Arsenal. And we've heard from Mikel Arteta speak before, and I think in an interview of Ian Wright, where they were talking about the possibility of players signing. And when a player doesn't want to join the Arsenal, that's pretty much it. So it is interesting these reports have continued to suggest that Arsenal are looking to try and convince the player to turn away from these previously held views or currently still held views about the club to try and convince him because Mikel Arteta doesn't seem all that keen on signing players that aren't convinced by Arsenal's project. It's the first time I've really seen um, such kind of outright no uh, in these links from a player's side when it's not even been confirmed outright by the player or his agents and that all of the reports coming out suggest that he just simply is not interested in a move to Arsenal. Uh, Fabrizio reported on the Arsenal lounge when he was over there with Shaheen and Lev that he feels and the feeling is from Fiorentina that there is already an agreement behind the scenes in place with another club. That's why he's so resistant to any other suggestions of any other teams coming in for the player. But there's been no official offer from any other side, it seems, other than Arsenal at this stage. But what's interesting about this story is that Arsenal are pushing for a striker possibly in January and we could therefore see Arsenal sign someone. I would still be very surprised if it happens, not just Vlaovic, but anyone for that matter, because it would cost Arsenal a significant fee to get another striker in of a different style of player in a different situation, be that an Isaac, be that a Dominic Calvert-Lewin. It would cost you a lot more than what it would to get them 
in the summer, you would think. But we'll have to wait and see. It's going to be an interesting period as we lead up to this winter window of who Arsenal might go and sign. That completes the news for today. So it does mean we're going to move on to your questions in the chat box. Do drop a like on the video and subscribe if you haven't done so already. But let's go into the chat. Let's answer your thoughts, your queries and questions and theories right now. Okay, starting off with Drew in the chat who says, now that Marie is likely to leave as early as January, do we bring back sleep? Look, I, I need to make this very clear. And I feel like people are asking this every single show. And I know that people must get annoyed. There is no recall clause in Saliba's contract. We cannot bring him back in January to the best of my understanding. That is not something that we can do. So any hope that you have of seeing Saliba return in January is not the case, and it can't happen. Some loans do have recall clauses. Miguel Aziz is an example of this, but Saliba, there is no indication that we can recall him in January. Matt G, uh, Matt's daily hypothetical, our daily hypothetical from Matt on his birthday, says, would you rather we don't concede any more penalties this season or we score every penalty we are awarded? Um, I'd rather that we didn't concede any more goals this season because we barely get any penalties anyway. So I'd rather, and we definitely concede more penalties than we than we <laughs> than we're able to get ourselves. So definitely that we don't concede any more penalties this season. Uh, that would be a, a much nicer thought for me, knowing that. Arun says, "Hey Tom, big fan of the channel from sunny Dubai. Oh, lucky you! Reckon Mikel will take Pep's route and end up working with attacking midfielders to get all the goals until the summer." Pepe as a possible support, rather, of course, than bringing in a striker or replacing a Bamiang in the squad. I think we're going to need to see a lot of our players step up with goals. We knew that was the case. I mean, if you look at the Premier League, right? If you look at the Premier League table last season, let's go to 2020, 2021. Fourth place. If you want to get fourth place, Chelsea scored 58 goals. If we go to the season before that, Chelsea scored 69 goals. Leicester had 67. Spurs had 61. You're going to look into, you need to score around the 60 goal figure. Spurs scored 67 in 2018, 2019. Liverpool scored 84 goals in 2017, 2018. Now, in the current state of affairs, Arsenal scored 21 goals in 16 games, which is probably means that Arsenal on a roughly are on a course to score around 50-ish goals, which is not enough, uh, nowhere near enough uh, to get you into the top four. And Arsenal need to step up the rate at which they're scoring goals. And to be honest, if you need to score around the 60 to 70 goal mark to get into the top four, or if around the 56 goal mark, if you've got a striker that scores you 30 goals in the Premier League, which is not something that we have, you've still then got to find 20 to 30 goals from the rest of your team if you've got a striker that's scoring your 30 goals a season. That kind of shows you how much you need to score and how many goals are needed to get into the top four. It's an incredibly high amount. Um, so certainly one that we're going to have to take into account when moving forwards. Benkatesh says, what's the maximum number of players are allowed to leave on loan? I'm not actually sure if there's a maximum number that are allowed to leave on loan because I know that there's new regulations that are being brought in. I know that was to do with specifically the number of players you can loan to a single team in certain leagues. So for instance, you can't, I don't think you can bring in two players on loan from the same team within the same nation. We obviously did that last season 
um, from Spain. But I think that's fine if it's from abroad, but you can't do it within England. You can't sign two players. I'm not sure you can loan out more than two or more than one to the same other English club as well. It's going to be interesting. I, I don't really know how the rules are affected. I will get, try and get those cleared up because it's an interesting question. Um, but I don't think we'll need to bring in any more than just one. It's about who we're loaning out. But I don't think there is a limit to how many players you can loan out in general, just about to the clubs that you can loan them out to. And maybe the, the countries as well. But again, don't quote me on that because I need to get more uh, clued up on what's going on. Peter says, I know that's off topic. Uh, but thoughts on what happened in the F1. As I said at the start of the show, Peter, uh, for the sounds of things, and I'm not that clued up, so don't take this as gospel. But it seems like Mercedes were pretty hard done by from the sounds of things. But, I mean, you know, swings and roundabouts maybe, I suppose. But whatever. Maybe everything evens out at the end of the season. But clearly not in the case of that. But I, I genuinely don't know enough. But it was exciting for the neutral watching it yesterday. If you aren't that invested, it was, yeah, it was interesting. Rahul says, what's the situation with United and Spurs regarding their uh, pandemic cases. Look, I don't know the, the situation specifically. If you want to read about it, you can go on to The Athletic. They've got a good report from David Ornstein. And interestingly, The Athletic has just tweeted out uh, talking about Aubameyang's situation. Aubameyang went to France to see his mother. Arteta's anger at his late return, confusion over uh, the travel rules, and the tattoo is a red herring that happened in London. So we don't have to worry about that. Um, should he keep the captaincy? Good article by The Athletic that you can go and read over there, it seems, to get all the inside info on that. Stephen Foote says, is Vlaovic either a smokescreen or as Arteta said, he doesn't want to play for us? Forget it. I don't think he's a smokescreen. I do think Arsenal are very interested in him. I just don't think they're ended up signing him because he doesn't seem that keen on signing for Arsenal. James says, hey, Tom, how would you feel about Noah Okafor from Salzburg? He's played brilliantly as a striker for the Swiss national side. He's obviously the next one that's kind of coming through in that wide position. He's played striker for uh, the Swiss national side, but as far as I'm aware, he's more of a winger uh, for Salzburg with that Karim Adeyemi, of course, playing up top. Um, but yeah, to be fair to him, he's played centre forwards for a lot of this season. I said, I've not been watching Salzburg that much, um, but uh since 19 games at centre forward, scored nine goals and five assists. What system are they playing? That's really interesting, actually. Then we go on to their most recent game. They won 8 0. <laughs> of course, they won 8 0. Let's go to their last Champions League game. Uh, where is their Champions League game? Here we go. They won 1 0 over Sevilla. Absolute legends. Uh, let's see what Okafor. He was playing. Oh, he's been playing in a two. Interesting. So Salzburg have been playing kind of this two with Adeyemi and Okafor playing together that's interesting because they're just never used to seeing him play with that double two system they've been playing this four three one two system all season it seems really interesting uh five nil win last time against wsg tyrol uh goal scorers adiemi got three i think that might be his first hat trick actually no four got one and capaldo who i've never heard of believe it or not as i say, i need to get back into watching our boys and the balls but uh Interesting stuff. Noah Okfor, maybe the next one to look at after Karim Adeyemi, it seems. But he, he has played in wider positions in the past and has been a winger. So uh, it'll be interesting if this is his future 
uh, in this central role. But uh, it's it's definitely prompted me to want to go and watch Salzburg a bit more again to find out what's going on. But thanks, James, for that question. Uh, Kirshian says, Tom, my observation is many Arsenal fans don't like Arteta as Arsenal manager from the word go. I personally think the players we have aren't good enough to compete with those top three clubs. No, I agree with you, Kirshian. I don't think they are. But I don't think that they're going to compete for those top three under this manager. Could a different manager get more out of them? Arguably so. I think they have got the fifth best squad in the league. Uh, I think it was someone was asking me yesterday. I can't remember. It it might have been David that was asking me on Instagram about whether or not we have the ability to... um, whether or not we can compete if we would, say, sign a a top-class striker or a top-class midfielder. And to be honest, I said that I don't think you're ever guaranteed any kind of position, uh, whether or not if you sign like two great players, yes, it's going to improve you, but you're never guaranteed to be a competitor for a title or a competitor for the top four. You should hope that you are. I mean, look at Leicester this season. Leicester did some really good business, brought in some really solid players, and look at the struggles that they've had. Aston Villa, yes, lost Grealish, but they brought in some good players, and look at the difference in them this season. Man United signed Ronaldo, Jaden Sancho, 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 Rafael Varane, like they signed some brilliant players and they've now got Ralph Ranić and look at the struggles they've had this season. So there's no guarantees just when you sign players that you're suddenly going to compete. But if Arsenal were to sign a centre midfielder and a striker that are top level, you would hope that they could compete. I wouldn't say for a title yet, but certainly to get into that top four next season. Uh, Brian says, what do you think about Ben White playing... No, not for me, mate. Again, I don't like this idea of forcing players into different positions. And thanks for joining us from Kenya, Brian. But I just don't like the idea of square pegs, round holes. If you want a centre defensive midfielder, buy one. Don't force your centre-back to play out of position. Play players where they are meant to play. Wesley says, first time I made one of your 8 a.m. shows from the U.S. West Coast. Midnight here. Go to bed, mate. (laughs) What are you doing? I'm so late. Thanks, though, Wesley. Uh, MFB says, according to current Arsenal strategy, what type of striker do we need? It seems, according to the strategy, I would have thought we would have moved for those world-class mid-20s style players because we signed six 23 and unders. And the strategy from the perspective of David Ornstein and the feeling that he got from the speaking on Ars blog with the feeling of around the club was that we want to blend youth with world-class experience. And I mean, whilst 25, you wouldn't say he's an experienced player, it's more experienced than your early 20s. And I felt like that was the route that we would go down. But the links to Vlaovic suggest that they are open to signing a striker of a certain level of quality, regardless of whether or not they are below that age that they were targeting. So... We'll have to wait and see what happens. But I believe that if we do try to sign a striker in January, it will probably end up being your mid-20s kind of forward. But uh, we'll have to wait and see. It depends who is around and who they can get if they are ended up getting anyone in January. Amandeep says, thoughts on Decore? Uh, again, not really the age profile anymore, Amandeep. I'm afraid he's kind of moved on. We missed the boat with signing Decore. Um, he's not been sacked yet, John. No. Sorry to disappoint you. He's not been sacked at all. Obviously, it's 342 in and only 54 likes. Get them up to 150 people. Please do drop a like on the video, guys. It takes you literally a second just to press the button. So thank you. It really does help out the channel. Ratha Vary says, what are you looking for points-wise over December? It's a good question. I mean, we've obviously got West Ham. You'd hope that we can get a win. If we do get a win, we go above them because they dropped points against Burnley yesterday. So that would be huge 
for Arsenal. Amazing how quickly things can change. We've then got Leeds. You would hope that we can beat them, followed by Norwich, of which you'd hope that we could beat them. We obviously hopefully got a win over Sunderland in the semi-final of the league. Uh, semi-final? No, quarter-final of the League Cup, is it not? Um, to get through to the semis next month. Uh, and then, of course, you've got the game against Wolves at home on the 28th, which you would also hope that Arsenal can get a win in before we play Man City at home on the 1st of January, which, you know, my expectations are pretty much on the floor whenever we play Manchester City. So uh, I can't even remember the last time we won. I think the last time we won against Manchester City was, was it the the game in 2015 where Olivier Giroud scored and Santi Cazorla did that little cheeky celebration after his free kick that might be the last time that we won against City in the league so uh, I can't remember the last time we beat him in the cups but a league win I can't remember Ross says morning Tom do you think we have enough leaders in the squad I think we've got plenty of leaders we just don't seem to have enough, uh, the right captain uh, and that's a bit of an issue you look at leaders Ramsdale's a leader Tomiyasu's a leader in the way that he plays Gabriel is a leader Tierney's obviously a leader you look at Lukonga as a possible leader. He was a captain at Anderlecht. You think he can be a leader. Erdogan can be a leader as well. Lacazette's kind of a leader behind the scenes, but I wouldn't make him captain, but he's really good around the dressing room. We have leaders. We just don't have the right captain. Uh, Tommy says, what's your prediction for the West Ham game? You'll have to tune in for the preview show, uh, which leave will be later on today, probably tomorrow, actually. It's probably going to be tomorrow. We'll probably have a podcast this evening talking all about the game against Southampton and looking ahead to West Ham. But the preview show is probably going to end up being tomorrow. Somebody says, what about if we win the League Cup? Is Arteta... Look, the League Cup doesn't change things for us. It qualifies you for the um, for the Conference League. It's a great competition. I'd love to win silverware, but it's not a, a competition. Neither for me is the FA Cup in regards to defining a manager. If we win the FA Cup again but finished eighth... I don't think that's enough to justify him saying, I love the FA Cup. I love winning it. It's not about denigrating the FA Cup. But just for me, if we were to say finish eighth like we did before and win the FA Cup to get back into the Europa, we haven't shown progression. We've not moved. And that's the same as we were when he first took over. That's not enough for me for to say keep his job. I mean, Louis van Gaal, didn't he not win the uh, FA Cup and then got sacked from Manchester United? It's not enough for me for him to keep his job then. Uh, because we wouldn't have progressed if, say, we finished eighth and won the FA Cup. So, uh, no, not for me. Venkates says, Tom, uh, my friend is a Barca fan. He was getting salty when I was hyping Arsenal's go on F FPL group on WhatsApp. He said it's just Southampton and they drew to Osasuna. Uh, what a feeling watching them fail. <laughs> yeah, like, I love seeing Barcelona fail. It's great. As a, a follower of Espanyol, I love seeing Barca fail. It's great. <laughs> just can't stand them. Absolutely can't stand it. Uh, did you A says, uh, morning, Tom, if you could have a two new striker set up, who would it be? Would you, uh, who would be that dangerous duo that can smash through defenders still capable of goals at range? Hey, I look, one of them's got to be following Balogun because he is shown to be playing in a system with Mika Biref for the youth side that he can play. And the other striker, it would be uh, absolutely dominant Calvert-Lewin for me. He's the one I'd like to see us go for. He's the one that I'd like to see us sign. I'd be very interested in a possible deal for him. And him and Balogun as a front two, that could be something exciting for the future. Uh, let's go to Tommy. Why do, we, why do people blame the manager when our players can't complete simple passes? Because of the way that we're playing, Tommy. 
People blame the manager because of the way we set up, because of the failings of in-game management, because of the failings behind the scenes at times to manage certain individual situations. The tactics of when we score, whether or not they're what he wants to see, you then have to talk about the implementation of his tactics. Yes, sure, players misplace passes. He can't be on the field and kick the ball himself. But he is in the charge of the way in which we've been coached, the way in which we play and the team selections and in-game management. That's why people blame the manager, Tommy. So I hope that gives you some kind of uh, perspective on that. Drew says, thoughts on... Uh, look, Jared Bowen is some talent. And if you said that we were signing Jared Bowen, I think that would be a great bit of business. He wouldn't be too fashionable, uh, Drew. I don't think he would excite a lot of Arsenal fans. There's something about English players that don't seem to excite when we sign them. But... I think we've seen through Ben White's successes this season. I think we've seen through Aaron Ramsdale's brilliant performances this season that we can't be so snooty, uh, as you might describe. A little bit stuck up at times about English players. They can certainly provide plenty of quality. And Jared Bowen is, without a shadow of a doubt, a quality player. And I would, without hesitation, take him at Arsenal. Namra says, I don't understand how Arsenal isn't linked with Patrick Schick from Bayer Leverkusen. He's having the best season plus his European performances. He has scored a fair few goals. I know he scored four uh, in one game. Uh, I think it was last weekend. He scored 14 goals in 12 games in the Bundesliga this season and got three assists. Scored four goals against Grutha Fur. Scored twice in a 5-2 loss against Frankfurt. He is doing very, very well. Amazing that he was missing two games for a torn ankle ligament. How can you only miss two games? From a tour, I mean, I'm no f- medical expert, but that does seem like a pretty serious injury. <laughs> um, interesting that he came back pretty darn quickly. Um, the Europa League went pretty well for uh, Bayer Leverkusen as well. They've definitely progressed, only lost the one game. Um, so it'll be interesting how he progressed. He didn't actually play. He didn't even start the games in the Europa League. He's been saved for the Bundesliga fixtures. They, uh, Alario was the striker they, they had playing up top during those games and they brought on Patrick Schick. Interesting uh, that they didn't start him during those matches. Very interesting indeed. Bayer Leverkusen are an interesting side it seems this season to to be keeping tabs on. Sitting third in the Bundesliga this year, have got high hopes of achieving Champions League qualification. They've always been that club that have been in and around those European places in Germany and produced some decent players that have come through the ranks of course too. We think of likes of Kai Havertz and Julian Brandt etc. So whether or not it's a club, and Bert Leno, who we signed from there, of course, as well. So they're an interesting side. Keep tabs on Patrick Schick all you can. Maybe he's someone that Arsenal should look to in the future. Uh, big ups from New Zealand, says Nathan. It's always a place I've wanted to visit. Uh, amazing country. 9.30pm here. Love the show. Do you see Martinelli playing a central role? I personally think he's better on the left over Emil Smith-Rowe, but then Emil Smith-Rowe in the middle wouldn't work. Seeing Odegaard's form, it's really tough, Nathan, right now is the ultimate answer. I, like you, see Martinelli as very much as a winger. I see him as someone you want to be on the ball more. When you put him as a central striker, he doesn't see the ball as much. And Martinelli really does kind of benefit when he's on the ball. And if he's playing on the wing, he's getting a lot more of the ball. So I would certainly be playing him, like you say, Nathan, in the wider positions. uh, Games FC says Balogun and Aziz would be a nice to have in the squad. Aziz is improving at Portsmouth. He's getting more games. If you listen back to my youth update with Kev, aka Next Generation Arsenal, uh, which is out on the channel, only a few days old now, 
do go and listen to that. My, me and Kev chat about the Arsenal youth side and have a chat about Aziz as well and how he's getting on at Portsmouth. He's doing all good and well by all accounts, which is definitely, definitely positive. Um, did you three? Did you see through Tom's hint, Nathan? What's my... Oh, no. Look, you don't have to put me up in New Zealand, Nathan, if you don't want to, but it is somewhere that I've always wanted to go. Harvey says, Tom, do you think we will sign players that we haven't been linked to? There's a likelihood, Harvey, that we will. I mean, links pop up all the time. Unfortunately, you do have to sift through a lot of what I call the transfer soup in order to get to kind of the, the genuine links. There are, as I've talked about before, there are ways in which you can sift through plenty of those transfer rumours. I like writing stories around prospective deals to try and theorise about what it could mean for the future. So I write a lot of opinion pieces. But in terms of kind of the, the, the legitimate stories, there's only a very small percentage that you ever find do turn out to be the case. I mean, I joked with Terry Flewers, of course, from the Football Terrace, who's got this, honestly, it winds me up so much. He's got this system of emojis that he uses on Twitter. And he puts a little green tick next to certain players. And that basically means, in his view, that the transfer is on. And uh, I was tempted to go through all of the green ticks that he's put to see the percentage of players who have actually moved after getting a green tick just to kind of see uh, the level of accuracy. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I love you really, Terry. But, jeez, uh, does that wind me up. <laughs> it winds me up so much. Maya says, what about Sterling? We can rotate him with Martinelli and they can both play as a striker. Look, I don't want to see Martinelli play as a striker. I want to see him on the ball and I want to see him playing in the wide positions. JDB says, Tom, can you predict the Sunderland eleven that Arteta will pick on the League Cup game? That's a really interesting question because finding the balance between the number of fixtures that we've got this season, rotating, keeping people fit, and understanding that getting to a League Cup semi-final is definitely a, a really solid thing. But Sunderland are a League One side. We should be able to rotate a fair amount of players. My prediction for that game, obviously Leno, if he's fit, who he has been injured of late, will start in goal. If not, maybe you bring in a Conquo, maybe you bring in a Carl Hine. Uh, right back, you'd think, would be Cedric. Centre-backs would be Holding and Marie if they are indeed fit. Left-back, Tavares, would probably come in for that game. In midfield, Sambi Lekonga would probably start alongside, I would imagine, either one of Granit Xhaka or uh, Thomas Partey. I don't, still don't think Maitland-Niles would come in. I think they would still use a very solid central midfield option. I say solid. Experience is probably the better word. Uh, Pepe, you think, would come in. Uh, Martinelli, Smith-Rowe, uh, because we've got all this competition at the moment. And maybe even a Bamiang would start if he's not starting the Premier League games. So, uh, look, I think we'd, we'd play a fairly strong team against Sunderland. It's a game that I want to see us carry through. I want to see us progress. It's important. We don't have European football. We can target these cup competitions this season, use them to our advantage, build up momentum, keep the confidence high. That's what I want to see. Um, let's go to Mayo, who says, uh, oh, no, sorry, I've already covered that question. Have I missed anything? I feel like I may have missed some questions uh, earlier on in the show. Let's scroll up. Who have I missed? Uh, let's go to um, Morning Tom. From us, do you think we have enough leaders in the squad? I think we covered that one. Uh, Olu says we are close to the top four. Signing a striker in January, even for a big fee, could be worthwhile than waiting till the summer. The benefit of getting into the Champions League could outweigh the cost of signings. Um, look, I agree with you. If we can sign us anything in January to help us push towards our targets, then great. That's obviously fan like we want to see that. But what I would say is that 
You don't want to lock yourself into a striker or a central midfielder on a permanent deal that you don't necessarily want because they're not your first choice when you can get your first choice in the summer. It's important to play that fine balancing act that you need to ensure that you are playing with signings. Don't just sign players for the sake of it. That is why I'm very much in favour of possibly a loan deal for players. Central midfield, there are a number of players I've suggested. Mark Rocker, Jeffrey Kondogbia, Aaron Ramsey, possible central midfield options. Striker, you could look to say a Luka Jovic that you could maybe bring in on loan from Real Madrid. Maybe that's an option that we could look to. There are things that we could do on a temporary basis if we can't get our biggest targets. But if you're going to sign players on permanent deals that aren't your main targets when you can get them in the summer, wait until the summer. Make sure that you're getting the players that you want to get. Yeah, Dapo, another player, Vinaldum. I would absolutely take him on loan in January without a shadow of a doubt. JDB says, Smithrow was a green tick to Aston Villa. God, do I hate that team. And I thought Buendia would move to us, but I still remember your thumbnail of Aston Villa breaking Arsenal in half. That scared me. Yeah, I remember doing that. I think that was our most viewed video in the summer. I lost my rag when that we lost out to Emmy Buendia, which doesn't look all that bad now. But I would say is that he moved to Aston Villa, who aren't very good this season. Uh, and saying that, J- J- Stephen Gerrard's got them playing some very decent stuff recently. So um, bearing in mind they're now suffering from this outbreak, could be worse. But I think Buendia could have been a much better player than we've currently seen from him at Aston Villa. Nathan says, who are you worried about more for top four spots, United or Spurs? Uh, United, I think they got the better squads. I can't see West Ham keeping this up for the whole season. Saying that, they did, I mean, they, they bettered us last season. I finished, they finished what? They finished sixth in the table or fifth or sixth in the table. They're a very good team. They've got a very decent manager. You shouldn't underestimate West Ham and they're going to give us a very solid game. They seem to step up for the big teams. They beat a Man City, they've beaten Liverpool. They could very simply beat us on Wednesday if we aren't at our top, top game. We need to give them a good game. We need to be prepared. The Emirates needs to be behind the team and giving them absolutely all of it. I want to see the lights blaring out like they were ahead of the Aston Villa game. Hopefully, we see a very solid fixture. I'm looking forward to watching it. Anyway, that is where we're going to wrap things up. Uh, I'm looking forward to bringing you, hopefully, a podcast this evening. There should be a podcast on the Arsenal Lounge tonight, as always, Mondays, 8 o'clock on the Arsenal Lounge with Lev Shaheen and hopefully Mo as well. Do join me over there. And if you aren't done listening to football in an hour's time, I'm assuming those on the Western East Coast of America won't be tuning in in an hour because it'll be ridiculously early in the morning. But if you are in Europe or you are in the East and you've still got time on your palette for more chat about Arsenal, the Arsenal way will be live at half past nine. Link to the channel is in the uh, description of today's video. So please do go and check them out. I'll be back, as I say, this evening in some form or some shape or form. So do go and check us out. Other than that, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you. Do drop a like on the video. Do subscribe if you're new. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go. And you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your Mook delivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.